So Daniel, Daniel Ashenden from the Priory Group, Group Agency Hello. Manager, welcome to the Healthcare Recruitment Hub. It is absolutely fantastic to have you here today and some of the insight that, that, that you could give this podcast into um, some, some of your needs as a client and some of your perspectives maybe on healthcare agencies. But, well, look, Daniel, tell me about you. Tell me about your current role, how you got into it. Let's talk about you. Okay, so, well, for, firstly, Olivia, thank you very much for having me. Uh, pleasure to be here and, and uh, an honour to be asked. Um, thank you. So, so yeah, so... About me, there's there's not really much to tell, to be honest. Um, you know, I've I've worked in my current capacity as group agency manager for the Priory Group now for, for the last three years. Um, it's going very well, but I've had a very varied role throughout my career. I've only ever had three jobs. Uh, I'm proud of that fact. Uh, I worked worked in restaurants uh, for a while. Started as a pot wash and and got my way up to restaurant manager awesome. in, a, in a few years. Um, and then moved strangely into uh, the world of sales and marketing um, and, and finished my last role as a, um, as a business analyst uh, for an online digital marketing company. Um, and then, you know, this role came along with the Priory Group and it, it ticked all the boxes for me. And, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a amazing to work for such a large organisation that does so much good. That's great. And Daniel, you sound like you've got a bit of a northeast accent. Am I? Is that is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, very Excellent. much so. I'm uh, originally from Middlesbrough. Um, Brilliant. And uh, I, cr I currently live in Darlington. I am a Middlesbrough fan for all my sins. Good man. Um, yeah, and I currently live in Darlington, uh, but I've I've moved. I've lived everywhere. My parents were in the army, um, oh, so awesome. I've lived up up and down the country. A few years in Germany. Um, so wow. yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. Excellent. So I mean, coming back to your role at the Priory Group, then, what what do you think you find is the most challenging? What's the biggest source of stress for you and your colleagues? Um, I, I wouldn't call it stress. I think there's there's a lot of things that go on um, in the world of agency that are challenging, you know, yeah. finding staff at times is, is probably the, the most, but ultimately as well, it's, you know, we don't just want to put thumbs on seats as it were, we want to make sure that the people we're, we're getting are the best of the best, you know, and are really going to provide the best level of service and care. Sure. Um, and so I think in, in terms of challenges, it, it is that just to deliver the best possible care, yeah. um, you know, in a, in a very difficult climate, but ultimately, it's, um, you know, it's making sure, for me, my biggest responsibility uh, that, that I put upon myself is making sure that our sites have what they need, um, you know, to, to be safe. Um, of course. So the, the role that I undertake and the link between, um, you know, bringing in agencies and, and valuing that relationship and linking them in with our sites and making sure it's, you know, it's a, it's a fair and mutually beneficial relationship. Uh, yeah. is, is probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, I get that. And how, ma how many sites is it that you're responsible for? Uh, so I manage the entire group. Uh, so uh, off the top of my head, I don't have uh, an actual figure, but I, I believe it's, it's over, over 400 lot. services yeah, across yeah. healthcare, education um, and adult care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I'm going to dive right into the deep end now, Daniel. 
and be honest. Well, be, be as honest as you want to be. Uh, what is your perception of healthcare recruiters? What's your perspective on the market? Um, uh, mixed opinions, I think, at times. Yeah. Um, I think, obviously, I can really only speak for the agencies that I engage with um, on our PSL and yeah. those that contact me to want to be added to the PSL. Yeah, sure. Um, and so, you know, obviously I came into this sector and industry only three years ago with no previous healthcare experience. And so for me, I'm a bit of a greenhorn as it were. Um, right. You know, I'm learning as I go and I've come in with no perception of any one individual, um, which I think makes my job uh, a lot easier because mm. I've got no, you know, I've, I've got no past experience. So I don't know, yeah. you know, who's better in regards to Johnny or Sally, as it were. Yeah, of course. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I think it's mixed. Um, I think it's it's very easy to see um, the cowboys at times, if we can call them that. Um, so you know, we've, there's... we've got some good, bad and ugly, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. What yeah. does that look like? <laughs> I mean, are you really... <laughs> go on. Go Absolutely. Um, you know, so, I mean, the good is, I would say, first and foremost, all the suppliers that we have on our PSL do a fantastic job. And um, yeah. and ultimately, I think we've rewarded their support and, and ongoing provision by operating a closed tender yeah. for the last three years. We haven't needed to add in any new agencies um, outside of, of, of key services yeah, um, sure. that have struggled in the past. And so... It makes my job a lot easier because for the, for the last three years, I've only worked with the same group of people. They know how I work. They know how uh, I know how they work, who I can rely on, you yeah. know, who needs a hand handhold at times, who doesn't, um, you know. And so and so I think in terms of all of the good ones, we've got a good bunch. Um, yeah. The bad and the ugly, I think. It's mixed, and, and again, you hear, you pick up on stories from other suppliers. Um, you know, I'm friends with counterparts at um, other uh, competitors of ours, which is good. Of course, we yeah. do like to share, you know, that detail on who we're using and who we're not using, and, and um, yeah, and so it's good. But yeah, you get uh, you, you get some interesting people approach you. Um, certainly, those who you know want to be added, they've just opened up their new agency because they've seen the the potential where you know they see they've worked with agencies before and seen how easy it is. And I think that's the perception at times that it is yeah. easier than it looks. But it yeah. it is so much more than that um, at times. And so yeah, so there's there's been some absolute horror stories. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Now I I mean look I've I've been in recruitment for over 20 years and healthcare recruitment for, for just over 10 years now. And I think during that time, you know, standards have improved. I think we've got a way to go within the industry, but I think generally speaking, they they have improved and, and they started, they, they're continuing to improve, which is great. Do you agree with that? I mean, is it, do, do you think that the standards, standards of behaviour and professionalism across the industry of uh, have improved and do you feel that you guys as clients have had a part to play in that um i i, I think so yeah and, and again you know i'm speaking from very little experience so i can only see what i've what i've seen in the last three years but i think i've seen a lot of improvement over the last three years yeah. um in 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 many different areas and i think you know we as a company and, and myself you know like I said before, we want the best of the best 
uh, in terms of the, the staff coming through. You know, temporary agency staff is a necessary evil at times. You know, we yeah. of course love to have all of those positions filled permanently, but sometimes it's it's not up to us. It's down to SDN and yeah. and other aspects of um, of the requirements. And so, you know, what 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 I've certainly seen that we've tried to adopt is trying to match up what the NHS have in terms of compliance, training needs, and um, sure. and standards, and and adopt them for ourselves. And you know, really, we. We, I look at agency staff and the priority does as, um, you know, they're, they're on par with our own staff. So we're going to put our arm around them, treat, us, treat them as our own. Yeah. We much prefer long-term ongoing agreements um, with, with uh, staff for continuity purposes, of course, um, because ultimately, regardless of, of who we use, where we use it, um, the service user is always at the heart of that. Um, yeah. And so whatever we can do to make sure that they get what they need, um, we will do. So, you know, we've opened up access to our training uh, for all of our preferred suppliers um, yeah. so that, you know, if, if if they struggle at times to get the training that they need or, you know, COVID has made played a major part in this, you know, training companies now certainly face to face. Of course. Um, they've been impacted. And so where you could in the past have a course of 30 people, you know, because of social distancing and things, that's now reduced to 15. And so <laughs> yeah, one yeah. course has turned into two, which yeah. adds on the cost. Um, you know, and so we've really opened up virtual classrooms, all of our training, where we can for those individuals who are committed to, to longer term placements. Yeah. Um, just really so that we can align ourselves as closely as possible with our permanent staff to our agency staff and vice versa. Yeah, because absolutely. I think that's key, but... But yeah, it's, um, it's certainly improved in that aspect. It's certainly improved, I think, in the compliance aspect, or at least it has for our preferred suppliers, um, you know, because we've, we've always set out quite clearly what our expectations are. Of course. Um, and, you know, you, suppliers will always work with other businesses. You know, yeah. I don't sit here and think, okay, well, my biggest five agencies whilst they're great for the Priory, I, you know, I know that they will be supplied into the NHS, into other competitive as ours. And that's not a problem. And I think, you know, as an industry, if we all closely align the standards to the NHS, to each other, um, it just makes for easier transition for people moving from one, one service to another across multiple businesses. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And what do you think as healthcare agencies, we still need to learn. How, where do we need to improve? Um, I, think, I think every day is a learning day. I think we, we work in an industry that is ever changing. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you know, COVID again, the last 12, 14 months has had a major impact. And, and I would expect that because of all of the issues brought on by COVID, there will be a much greater need in the mental health industry. Yeah. Um, as you know, people haven't had access to things that they might have had access to. And COVID could have affected people in so many different ways. And so I think what we could all learn is ultimately is, is that we need to put the people at the end of this as you know the the, the main targeted individual and yeah. ultimately if we can give them the best possible care by giving this the staff that we approach and the staff that we take on a temporary basis the best possible training but equally 
support them as they need it because they'll have seen things over the last 12 to 14 months um you know working in nhs wards and and you know certainly in wave one and wave two um and so it's i suppose you know learning it's it's about not just looking at the bottom line at times you know it's, it's making sure that we're all in this together we all support each other um and and ask for help when you need it yeah, Daniel, I completely agree, because at the end of all this, we're all a potential service user. We're all a potential yeah. patient, our friends and our families are. And I think that by having that universal approach and thinking of it as a universal solution um, in terms of staffing, rather than just a transactional process, then actually we become more aware of the quality that we're providing. So I think I, I, I absolutely agree with you on that front. And I think there's got to be a, a better universal understanding of that, that we all take responsibility for the, for the patients that are there and the quality of staff that's, that, that's provided. So, so I agree. Okay. What, what do you think with your insight, healthcare recruiters, recruiters need, need to learn in order to be as competitive as they absolutely can, the best that they can be, the best in class. What do, what do you think? Yeah, um, I think the, I think one of the things I'd say is, is probably don't become complacent. Yeah. You know, just because you're added to an NHS framework doesn't mean you can start to let standards slip or, or think, oh, well, we've made it, we can just now coast along. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think, you know, think of the work that, that these business owners and agencies will have done to get to that point where they're given access to, you know, multi-million pound NHS framework contract or a preferred supplier list for a private company, because ultimately it's what got you there that you need to carry on and continue on so that, you know, your standards never slip. Um, and then, and then ultimately honesty and transparency, recruiters all seem to focus so much on cost every call i get is you know we what what you tell us the rate we can get it but um, i shouldn't have to tell i would i shouldn't have to tell an agency what their staff need to be paid if you yeah. ask me that question i'm going to say well i don't want to pay more than 10 pounds for a hca <laughs> knowing that it's impossible with all of the deductions you know but so so for me it's it's not don't just solely focus on the cost cost is obviously a great thing but it's not the be all, be all and end all in my opinion yeah. you know um they need to understand that it's the standards what what sets you out from the rest you know everybody comes to me i get countless approaches every day of course um do. you know and every week trying to get access to our psl and and it's always i've got a, a, i've got a database of ten thousand nurses i'm not interested in how many nurses you've got you, you know i've got a yellow pages <laughs> I've got a yellow pages filled with 1500 plumbers, but I'm not going to use them all. I'm going to say you've um, got them and you're going to use them. Yeah, absolutely. It, exactly. So it's, it's, you know, focus on the key elements of, of ultimately what they as an agency wanted to bring. And, and a lot of agencies are headed up now by um, nurses or, or care practitioners or yeah. worked on boots on the ground. And so it's, it's think about what made them get into care. And ultimately, that should be giving the best possible care and, you know, supporting other people who are in unfortunate circumstances um, on the road to recovery. And I think putting that as the emphasis of any agency, um, whilst considering cost, you know, but looking primarily at training, compliance, you know, would 
the question I would always ask to an agency is if, if you're looking at taking a worker, would you want that person looking after your mum, your dad, your that child? It's vital, isn't it? Yeah. That is vital. It really yeah. is. And it, I think it, it's a question that really hits home because that is what this is about. There's yeah, and it's, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it, it's so frustrating, Olivia, when you hear stories of incidents that have occurred or you read it in the paper and you just think, you know, it's that could have all been stopped if the training was in place, if the yes. compliance was in place, if we yeah. stopped looking so much at bottom line and actually looked at, you know, would I want this person looking after my family members? And if they do, then they are the right person for the role. Of course. You would rather have five, you know, fully qualified nurses who are so much about the care than have 10 who are just there because they're going to get paid, you know, yeah. a, a, a better pay than working Absolutely. somewhere else. Absolutely. So, I mean, over the years, Daniel, where, where do you think your biggest achievements have been? And what would you, what would you say you're most proud of? And I, I guess, um, how does it make you feel? So I think I think what I'm most proud of is is now that I work in the industry, I understand just the amount of work that nurses and care staff do, and even more so over the last twelve months. And I think as a as someone who never worked in care before, I wouldn't have thought about any of the things that I now think about. And I've got so much respect for for people who do deliver care. Because, you know, without you, we'd be lost. Um, and I know that probably sounds corny, but for me, you know, that is probably my biggest achievement right now. And what gets me up in the morning is, is working for a company that I know is making a difference fantastic. for people's lives. Yeah, um, fantastic. You know, and, and then on a personal level, I think, I think the fact that we've got such, for me, obviously I manage a PSL, you know, yeah. with... With, a, with 117 agencies, I think, are on it at the moment. Um, and I think having a three-year relationship with those agencies and, yeah. and having that mutual respect on both sides and that transparency, I think, it, it, again, is something that I'm personally proud of because having that has enabled us to give so much better care. Um, and, and ultimately, everything I do, it's not about... Whilst at times I will save, I will save businesses money and, and I look for opportunities, um, you know, but ultimately at the end of it all, it's making sure that we've got the people to give the care that we need them to give. Um, of course. So, yeah, so that, that's ultimately what I'm more Yeah, I, I completely able agree. To, yeah. Being able to give got, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, com I completely agree. And how, God, how have you guys coped during lockdown? How have you coped during lockdown, Daniel? I, I mean... Have you been into the office at all? Have you been working completely remotely? How is that? How do you stay motivated? What's COVID been like for you? Um, I think it's it's been certainly it's the new normal. Um, you know, when when the first wave of COVID came around last year and the, the stay-at-home orders were put in place, I think it was it was uh, it's unlike anything any of us have seen in our lifetime. It's like and so, out of a yeah, film, I remember. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Me uh, too. You know, it's just the flu. And, you know, now we're 14 months in. And um, and I think what this has done is it just shows how uh, resilient people are. 
yeah, because yeah. you know we moved we moved very quickly um, to to working from home, um, and you know having so many tens of thousands of, of, of employees, you know, who are back office, let's, yeah. let's call us, um, you know, that is a big undertaking to make sure you put systems it's in place huge. to enable everybody to, to log on. And, and so I think, and not just for us, but that, that's for everyone, every sector, you know, ev- everyone was impacted this. And so, um, yeah, I think the last, the last 12 to 14 months have been uh, different. I've enjoyed spending more time at home, I won't lie. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the commute to the office um, is well, now yeah, you know, from upstairs to downstairs. Yeah, we'll take <laughs> so, that. We'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, um, and yeah, we've just adapted. You know, I have more Zoom calls now um, than I didn't even know what Zoom was 12 months ago. Me too. I've never <laughs> heard of it. Before, before <laughs> lockdown last year, I've never, I'd never heard of it. And I remember as well, in the first lockdown last year, you guys were going through your PSL tendering process as well, weren't you? And you yeah. were just so yeah, it was bloody hell a such timing. a challenge. But you guys was not great, was it? That was a real challenge. No, that was no, not at all. How do you keep each other motivated during times where you are, you are working remotely? And um, things are looking pretty... Uh, dicey out there as well you know yeah I, th- I think that's probably one of the easy ones to answer because ultimately you know I'm, I'm primary central services so I, I look after the, the, the group and so I have meetings daily with sites with operations directors managing directors whoever it may be and so for me staying motivated is the easy part because okay. I hear the stories and I see the work that you know, nurses and care staff, hospital directors, of course, um, director of clinical services, ward managers are doing, and I think you know, for me, that's motivation enough because if I can help them and take away some of the pressures that they're under, absolutely, um, you know, it's it's it, it's easy, um, you know, because it's what I've done over the last twelve months is nothing in comparison to what other people have done. Um, and you know and not just in this industry but in all industries and so I'm just very fortunate to be in a position where you know I didn't have to go on furlough um, you know and and all of those things so anything I can do to give back I think is is motivation yeah it's amazing and Daniel I must say you've got a great racing seat there That looks awesome. Thank you very much. It's a nice little chair. It's I comfortable. It. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Very F1. I love it. So, hey, look, final question, Daniel. If you could offer any piece of advice for a healthcare recruiter from a client perspective to, to be the best that they can be, what would it be? What would that insight be? Um, I think it's going back to what I said before, you know, the the first question I would ask is, why are you in this industry? If it's just to make money, then that's probably the wrong um, starting point. If it's if it's about the care, you know, then then that's how you make up that business is it's all about the care. Everyone you employ, um, would you let them care for your friends and family? If the answer is yes, it's great. If the answer is no, don't take them on as harsh as that sounds, because for me, um, anything that businesses can do to limit the number of incidents, to limit the risks, to limit limit the accidents, whatever it may be, um, I think is 
it's it's the least we can do to to work in an industry which treats vulnerable people yeah um, well, look that's a great so answer. It, it, it'd very much be that and and like i said previously don't don't get complacent you know if you if you start a business to get onto an nhs framework that hard work that they used and took to get them there don't stop that hard work just because you've made it you know move move the tip of the mountain if it was to get on one nhs framework and you get there okay what's the next platform and just constantly keep developing to make sure that you are given the best possible training, the best possible care. Of course. But equally, me in my position, at the best possible rate. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Daniel, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. And listeners, thank you for listening to the Healthcare Recruitment Hub. Thank you.